0: I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews, so that you can become the Gracefield wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back this week. I hope you are all well, all as well as can be originally this week was gonna be about surviving week two of the quarantine because you know it might get worse well notice that there was no episode Uh, and that's because honestly I was going through it like I didn't even know how I was gonna survive week two of the quarantine that it last week was just it was crazy it was rough uh so it was two weeks so far of homeschooling And, um, and that was tough. And I felt like, how could I give advice on something that I was so deep in the middle of struggling with? I mean, it would just be a lie and I couldn't do that. And I had totally planned out the episode earlier and just, I became overwhelmed with life as I'm sure many of you have as well. So instead, here's what the struggle has been like for me this week. We can all kind of relate to it, I believe, on some level. Um, There was a lot of anxiety over what's going to happen financially, like anxiety, depression, you know, over health, like, is everybody going to be okay? Everyone is concerned, right? Wanting to throw in the towel and just give everything up. But then realizing for me, at least what I have left, I'm not willing to give up my family, my health, my children, my husband, not willing to give that up. So it just basically made me pull myself back up and realign myself with my purpose. So that was it. That was it. You know, it was a lot. So, um... Especially, we're over here. I'm in New York City. I live in New York City. I live in an apartment. So when you're living in an apartment and you're social distancing, you're basically trying to not go out. Like, how are you gonna get fresh air? <laughs> so we've we've been trying to be creative with going out once a day to get fresh air, and it's 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 been a challenge. So. In reality, what has changed? What changed from my crazy week where I was basically ugly crying in the shower? Raise your hand right now if you were ugly crying in the shower this week like me. Go ahead. I know, I know many of you have. So for me, um, what changed was I sat in a quiet corner with God for like the third day in a row. Didn't happen the first day didn't happen the second day. But it was like the third day in a row before I finally got some answers. And uh, for me, it came in the form of um, a scripture and in for Moses and the people, once they left Egypt, and they were wandering around the desert. There's a scripture in Numbers 11, it says, the foreign rabble started to basically paraphrasing, but they started to desire the good things of Egypt. And so for me, it was like, is that foreign rabble? Like, is that all my distractions, you know, all the things that were not meant to be there that are there that are kind of throwing me off course and throwing me off my purpose. So that uh, was something that just, it caused me to just snap out of it, you know, just wake up and snap out of it. So, because essentially, regardless that my circumstances may have changed over the past couple of weeks, God's purpose for me has not changed. So I'm going to guess that is true for all of you, right? Life looks different today than it did two weeks ago, a week ago, two days ago, but God still has a purpose. So I found that I was so busy complaining to anyone who would listen about what we were all facing right so at least I was able to recognize that I wasn't alone we were all basically going through the same thing that I feel like I temporarily lost sight of what God instructed me to do and that in fact he was trying to make a way for me to step into and I just wasn't literally in the last episode I talked about looking forward for some of the hidden blessings that we're going to find in this time and sure enough within like two days real life boom everything changes right so honestly even in my marriage late last week I was looking forward to spending some quality time with my hubby and we get into a seemingly innocent conversation I don't even know what the conversation was about all I know is that we start fighting like angry fighting I I think I try to sleep on the couch to kind of fighting and I don't even know what it was about and it was such a big shift from like 30 days ago you know when we're feeling all lovey-dovey it's like valentine's day and everything is you know rainbows and puppies and we're all excited And all of a sudden now we're we're fighting over nothing um so that that was a lot right and it's from what I know, it's my understanding that this is happening in homes all across America. And if you think I'm joking, I've heard rumors that um, there was an uptick of murder suicides in small towns. Crazy. So obviously there would have been a lot of um, back things going on before it got to that, but literally in the past week, murder suicides going on. Why? Well, Because if we've already had tension in our marriages, being stuck at home with your spouse right now might be the very last thing you need, right? All right. So pity party's over. What are we going to do about it? We can't just sit here and like continue ugly crying in the shower. We need to move forward. So I came up with a couple of tips. So here are some tips to keep your emotional sanity and your marriage intact during the quarantine. Keep in mind that I am no expert. Anyone who tells you that they are is a liar because this is the first time for all of us. First time any one of us is going through anything like this. So what I can share Um, is what's been helping me over the past few weeks and some of the lessons that I've learned in my past to bring into this time now. So this is kind of what has made a shift for me, kind of one of some of the things that have helped me. All right, number one, okay? So three tips to keeping your marriage sane during these couple of weeks or months or who knows how long it's gonna be. But number one, Focus on your emotional health. Yup, I went there. The old self care speech, putting your mask on first and all that jazz. You know, why do I say it? Because it's true. Now, look, I'm not talking about being selfish during a time of a global pandemic. I think people oftentimes confuse self care with being selfish. Selfishness is. Uh, basically it defines is defined as the lack of consideration for others and being concerned with one's own personal profit or pleasure. I would say an example of this are the people selling PPEs that's personal protection equipment that's what we have a shortage of in the hospitals right now. There's people out there selling PPEs on the black market so nurses and doctors can't get access to this equipment that they need and there's people hoarding them and selling them on the black market. That, that's selfish. Self-care, on the other hand, is the act of taking measures to preserve or improve one's own health. Notice the difference there. Selfishness means you don't care about anyone else's situation. With self-care, you're simply trying to keep yourself healthy. Why? Well, as wives and moms, it's so that we can serve others better. Now, I am so bad, so bad at this. I have to say it. This is why I put it in here because this is not like me standing on a soapbox telling you like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. No, 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 no. Remember, this is from a week of me really going through it and struggling through it and trying to figure out what has helped me. So self care so I'm really bad about it and for me the problem is that I have a tendency to put everyone else first I put my kids first I put other people first I also often make the mistake of putting everyone else first and my husband last which is not being a grace-fueled wife at all at all it's almost like the opposite of Gracefield's grace And that has had some really tough implications for my marriage. So please don't do that. And I think really the place that that comes from is the mistake confusing self-care with selfishness. And that's confusing the definition between those two words and what they mean. Real talk. Last night, my son asked if I can snuggle with him because I didn't spend enough time with him. Um, what dude? I've been homeschooling you for two weeks now, and you think I don't spend enough time with you? Are you kidding me? I mean, I was like, y- You gotta be kidding me. Then, then get this because I was like, Okay, honey, I'll, I'll snuggle with you for a little bit. He says, Um, could you take a shower first because you stink? Huh? <gasps> yeah. Exactly. So I was so busy in my pity party, running around, managing the house, and figuring out what the new normal is that I forgot to shower. My six-year-old had to tell me I stink. So self-care and keeping up with your emotional health. What does that look like? Well, number one, it means that you have to schedule in some time. For real, schedule in some time for a shower, a workout, to read your favorite book, or maybe even a virtual happy hour with your girlfriends. Because otherwise, you might have your six year old telling you that you stink. The only other time in my life that I remember feeling like this was right after I had my daughter, my first baby. And it was like, I remember feeling like I couldn't even get into the shower or couldn't even do anything for myself because I felt so tethered to her uh, because I was nursing and I felt like every time I turned around she was crying and that was a really tough time and I suffered with quite a bit of postpartum. So I recognize that for at least for myself at least. Hey, you might be different, but I recognize that for myself at least. Scheduling that time and making sure um, that I have time to feel like a human again, do some of the things you you hear. Um, so if you listen to anybody on productivity. Uh, anything like that. I've heard people saying, you know, you have to kind of make it like you're, you're regular every day just because you're in the house and you're in your pajamas all day. You should still kind of do the same activities you normally do, which on some level is true. I, you know, I wake up, I brush my teeth, I make my coffee, but um, there's just parts of it that kind of that that get lost. So scheduling some time for yourself the other thing on that virtual happy hour with your girlfriends now come on ladies how many times do we want to get together under normal circumstances and we can't because life just gets in the way so now we're all stuck at home maybe we can do it virtually have a glass of wine or a margarita or whatever and enjoy each other maybe it's a zoom chat a google hangout so i don't know whatever works for you um I've seen various iterations of this happening, but maybe it's something that we can make into a reality. Now, with that being said, I do have a quick note about alcohol. Now, I know I'm treading on dangerous ground here because all my people enjoy wine. Some of them, some other beverage of choice, some of my other people will take a margarita while others will take the tequila straight up and others maybe just a rum and coke. I mean, didn't they list liquor stores as essential business for a reason, right? My point is that all my people enjoy alcohol as on occasion as do I. So cool, there's no judgment here for it. But my note is this when we use alcohol as a form of escape to numb reality or take the edge off, it can become quite a slippery slope. So I'm saying this really for more for myself than for anyone else, but I know that for me, if I'm not really careful, my occasional glass will quickly turn into a bottle or more a night And for me, that's just not taking care of myself very well. My body doesn't like it. I'm not as able to wake up early and do the things I want to do. And everything really starts to get messy from there. So maybe it's completely different for you. And that's okay. I acknowledge that I say this out of the lens of my own, sometimes very scary experiences, but it's definitely something that's true for me. All right, number two on this journey of self-care, emotional health number two is wake up early to have some quiet time so now I know the kids don't have to be up as early as they used to they normally do right during normal times when we got to get them to school and stuff so a lot of us are using it as an excuse to sleep in that is something that I was doing for uh, most of the time during these past two weeks under normal circumstances I get up somewhere between 4 30 and 5 30 in the morning, and I was using it as, you know, some time to sleep in. I felt like oh, I deserve it, I'm gonna sleep in. And, you know, at first I thought it was glorious, you know, being able to sleep in until that time. But I think for me, what happens is that I realized I was taking away from my prized morning routine. For me, my morning routine is a big deal. So what I've done is sleeping in maybe means waking up at 6 rather than 4.30 or 5. For you, that's going to be a different time. Whatever works for you. But the point is to give myself enough time before the kids are up to get in my full morning routine. So for me, that morning routine includes... Um, journaling a devotional I make my morning coffee and I sit and I have quiet time before everybody gets up and I just really just sit and have some time alone um, time with Jesus just time of rest that really for me is my rest and I think um, doing what I thought was a great thing for me was which was sleeping in a little bit more was one of the things that was causing me so much anxiety over the past two weeks so I think it's honestly it's it's so important in fact in fact I was on a zoom call the other night with over 40 moms in my community and a lot of them said the same thing that for them waking up before the kids has been a lifesaver during this time so since everyone is homeschooling and a lot of my mom friends are, they're still working from home. So they said that they've been letting the kids sleep in as long as they can. So that gives the moms, um, some of the precious quiet time in the morning. So either way, whatever works for you, but the point is to find something that makes this piece a little bit easier. And so for me, um, you know, just making sure I still get that morning routine and that's, that's a big deal. All right. Number three, taking your thoughts captive. So I told you, I've like gone through it with, you know, depression, anxiety, all of the things, what am I going to do? Where's this going to come from? How are we going to do that? All what if we get sick, all, all kinds of crazy thoughts going, going through my head. Um, but I recognize that I don't have to let my thoughts spiral. I can, I do have the power to take captive of my thoughts. So that has got to be part, for me, it's got to be part of this routine of self-care and making my, you know, helping my emotional health, curing that anxiety And that is taking captive of those thoughts. There are two resources that I think are amazing. Uh, One of them is free. It's over on like the YouVersion uh, Bible app. It's a devotional called Get Out of Your Head. And I think part of it is from a book. So the book title is Get Out of Your Head. And that's Stopping the Spiral of Topic Thoughts by Jenny Allen. Um, I haven't read the book yet, but I did the devotional and it was amazing. Uh, I just got the book on... um, audible so I'm excited to dive into that I will let you guys know what I think but essentially it's just um taking those thoughts that you you get and grabbing hold of them and saying no stopping the spiral before it starts lastly um is having some grace for yourself you just can't be a grace-fueled wife if you don't first have any grace for yourself So part of what having grace for yourself means is remembering that this is the first time that any of us have ever been through anything like this. So my... My, I'm going to say my friend, I don't really know her, but <laughs> Renee Brown, I talked about her in a, a previous episode. She calls it an FFT, which means an effing first time, or if you need the G-rated rated version, if you're teaching your kids about it, it's the terrible first time. And, you know, what we talk about is the first time for anybody when we're learning something new, it's confusing and it's hard. And, you know, it's a place where a lot of people give up because there's just, it's uncomfortable being new at something. So what she talks about is kind of a way to get through this FFT, this, this first time is to normalize it, right? Realize that it's the first time we're just figuring this out. And then to put it into perspective. So understanding that it's not permanent. It doesn't mean we suck at everything, that we suck at everything in life. It's just this thing that we're navigating through is is our first time and we're still learning. And then the last thing would be to reality check. And that is to readjust our expectations of what life is going to be like. quick little example for me, I in my last episode I like I literally thought I was like this week is you know it's gonna be great I'm gonna homeschool and I'm gonna have all this extra time and and I'm gonna be able to clean up my house and make all the dinners and work on the podcast content and do all the things and I didn't I just didn't you know I got the house cleaned I did the homeschooling I did not get the podcast content done, even though that was important to me, and it was something I wanted to do. And I just didn't. And so, like she says, you know, understanding that in your first time, you have to adjust your expectations to something that's a little bit more realistic. And I thought that was just such a beautiful example of what it means to have some grace for yourself, like let yourself off the hook for a little bit. And don't be so hard on yourself. Because the mom guilt is real. I mean, I mean, I, I just said how my son, after being with him for two weeks, like being his only teacher sitting next to him every day for hours, he literally told me, you haven't spent any time with me. And I was like, what the hell, what more do you want from me? So just understanding that it's okay, where it's new, it's all happening. Kids might get a little bit more screen time than normal right now. Maybe not, but whatever it is, not every day is going to be perfect and that's going to be okay. So that is basically just step one. Step one of keeping your sanity and your Marriage healthy during this time, and that was just some tips on focusing on your emotional health. There are two other steps, two other things we're going to talk about, but for purposes of time, I figure we'll break it up into three different episodes because I don't know about you, but I don't, I typically don't have a full hour to sit and listen to somebody talk, I have to break it up. So, you know, I think this might be good. So, here we are again. Just remember, we are looking at ways to keep our emotional health and our self-sanity during these weeks. We're going to look at three tips. And the first tip is we're going to focus on our emotional health. And some of the ways we're going to do that is we are going to schedule it in, schedule in some time for some self-care, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's a shower, a workout, a virtual happy hour with your friends reading a book, doing something creative that fuels you, whatever that is, but making sure you schedule in that time to make sure it happens. Number two, we're going to try to wake up early to have some quiet time. Doesn't mean that you have to wake up at 4 30 or 5, whatever it is. It just means Give yourself that time before the kids wake up. It really, I promise you, it makes such a difference. If you can uh, do that when the kids and the husband are still asleep and you can get up and have your coffee while it's still warm in peace, um, it's it's life-changing. Number three, we're going to take our thoughts captive. We're not going to let ourselves spiral and uh, let our thoughts go down this crazy rabbit hole that they can't of fear and anxiety because there is a lot that we can't change or handle and a lot of things that we're just, God's going to have to do. We're going to just have to surrender that. So we're not going to let our thoughts spiral. We're going to learn to take our thoughts captive. And the minute we start to see them spiral, we're going to stop it. Nope. You stop right there. I'm not letting you overpower me and we're going to flip it upside down on its head. So a resource for that is a book, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Really looking forward to getting into that. And lastly, we're going to have some grace for ourselves. We're going to have grace for ourselves and we're going to use Brene Brown's FFT model where she talks about first, we're going to normalize it, understanding that it is our first time, then we need to put that into perspective. Okay? Doesn't mean that we suck at everything, just that this is new. And then we're going to do a reality check and check our expectations of what life is. Were we expecting too much of this time or ourselves or our spouses or our children? We're going to check our expectations and readjust them. And then next week, we're going to talk about uh, two other tips for keeping your marriage and yourself sane in this time. That is all for me. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. Again, if you found any value in this content at all, please go ahead and give it a written review. It helps people to find it. Go ahead and share it on your Instagram stories or Spotify with your friends, wherever it is. Um, It's really easy to do right out of iTunes or Spotify, you can go ahead and share that I feel like I've heard a lot of people who have listened to the podcast and really been impacted by some of it. And they've heard it because a friend had shared it with them. So that's the best way you can thank me and pay it forward. And until next week. Bye bye.